It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. I couldn't think of a word. It's the first. I, will, I, I think we each get one one mulligan. Nicotine, I'm taking a mulligan. Nicotine is your Namibia. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Episode letter M. I'm Ed. I'm Peter. And we're trying this again. And the word is neighbors. There you go. Neighbors. Hey. Peter. I've got those. Do you know your neighbors? I know my neighbors quite well. Okay. Go on. Uh, I have uh, I have several. Uh, on one side is a, a, a gentleman who I don't know. Occasionally, I'll chat with on on our respective balconies. Uh, we'll exchange platitudes. Uh, occasionally, give each other gifts of cigarettes or beer. Um, That's pretty good gifts. I mean, as far as neighbor gifts go, cigarettes and beer is pretty good. Yeah, uh, the neighbor on the other side of me. Uh, is a mom with two kids. Uh, I know the family pretty well, and I've known them for a pretty long time. Now, let me ask you something. If you move into a new place, if you move into a new apartment, are you the kind of person who will make a deliberate and concerted effort to introduce yourself to your neighbors, or will you only have a relationship with the neighbors if by chance you stumble upon them? Uh, if by chance I stumble upon them. Right. And even then, when it happens, would you say that you... Do it with a little bit of chagrin. Would you say that you you, you, you you strike up a relationship with your neighbors and then suddenly you think, oh, crap, now i got to sustain this every time I say hi to them? I, I don't really have a problem being friendly. Uh, it's pretty easy to just say, hi, how's it going? Uh, that doesn't feel like work to me. Uh, but I'm not the type of person who's going to, like, I don't know, suddenly bake you muffins. <laughs> No, that's, that's Which, like that sets a bad precedent. And you, I'm gonna have to do it all the time. You being a professional <laughs> cook, you, you're gonna have to do it all the time. You're worried that they're gonna anticipate that you become the muffin man. That every time they see you, they're gonna be like, "Well, here he comes. He's got muffins for us. I know he's got muffins for us." Yeah. Well, then they start like, I mean, for example, I had, I had a neighbor who baked me some muffins. Yeah. And uh, I'm not really a muffin guy. And to be honest, they weren't very good muffins. And. <laughs> I felt obligated to at least, you know, eat a muffin and then report and say, oh, thank you so much. Those muffins were delicious. But then you're worried because maybe they start baking you muffins all the fucking time and then yeah. you have to eat these terrible and muffins. And they're crap muffins. And how do you break it to them? How do you say, like, listen, like, can you just stop? Just stop. Now, I used to just... live, um, I used to have a neighbor. Her name was Bernice. I lived with her, lived with her. I lived adjacent to her for several years. And she became one of the most fantastically fascinating people I've ever met in my life. She, in her earlier days, had been a prostitute and a drug dealer. And she was now probably about 55, 60. And she was still a drug user, but a fan not but a fantastic woman, and a fantastic woman, and an absolutely fantastic woman. Being a drug user does not discount that at all. And she became one of the most interesting people in my life because she was just so fearless and so eccentric that every time I saw her, she would sort of rope me into these adventures. It was fantastic. I remember, that sounds pretty great. Um, a couple of years ago, Toronto Football Club, Toronto FC, Toronto Soccer, the, the Soccer Men, whatever they're called, the, mm -hmm. the, the Men of Soccer, won their big game, their big sporting event. And I was down on the corner of, and shout out to, you know, the Toronto fam. I was down on the corner of King and Dufferin. 
and there was a big celebration going on because it was right by BMO Field and they just won the big soccer thing. And Bernice was there and she was uh, quite high and she was accosting people as she's wont to do. And I sort of went up to her because I thought, you know, oh, Bernice people aren't, you know, these aren't, these aren't Parkdale people. They're not really going to understand, you know, let's, let's get you somewhere else. And she goes, Australia, because that's what she called me. She said, Australia, it's my birthday. And I said, happy birthday, Bernice. Let's not get arrested tonight. And she said, they're having a party on the field. And I said, it's not exactly a party so much as, you know, a sporting event that was just one. And she said, it's my birthday. I'm going to go down onto the field. And I said again, <laughs> I don't think that that's a party for you. I don't think they're celebrating your birthday. I think this is more, you know, something completely uh, unrelated. And she said, no, I'm going onto the field. Do you want to come with me? And so I said, absolutely I do. Oh, that sounds fantastic. And so Benice and I... Uh, went down to BMO Field, and we did a couple of laps of the field trying to find a way in, and then she finally found this uh, emergency exit that was open, and she said, Australia, let's go in here! And we went inside, and I kid you not, Bernice and I went onto the field after the victory of the Toronto Football Club to celebrate that's her birthday. Pretty, that's a pretty great story. Yeah. So would you, would you say that Bernice is your favorite neighbor? Historically speaking, Bernice is my favorite neighbor. I did have some difficulties with her in that I, you know, I, I would occasionally have to um, call an ambulance for her or walk her home, or um, you know, she she could get quite handsy. She was quite she was quite touchy feely. She used to constantly invite me to come and take a shower with her or, or come into her room, and it's very funny. I remember, you know, she she had propositioned me about 15, 20 times, and I was walking her back from uh, Rebecca's lounge, and she was uh, quite drunk. And she was leaning off my uh, shoulder and she said, do you want to come and have a shower with me? And I said, no. And then she looked up at me and she said, Ed, baby, have you got a man in your life? <laughs> That's so delicate. Yeah. And I thought, of course, because the only reason that I would want to turn you down would be because I was a homosexual. So yes, Bernice, right. let's go with that. Well, you know, we all say face there. Yeah. Uh, who's your least favorite neighbor? My least favorite it's neighbor. Um, I haven't had them yet, I don't think. I don't think I would survive very well, uh, you know, at least this version of me. I don't think I would survive very well in a suburban setting. If I had a neighbor who was like, you know, oh, Robinson, looks like your grass is getting a little bit long there. Oh, nice weather we're having today, isn't it? Oh, you know, I'm having a barbecue with uh, Sharon and the kids. I think that's somebody I'd want to kill. Sharon? Or the kids? No, the, the guy. The, 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 the husband. The, the, the khaki-shorted <laughs> husband. Okay, all right. Who's been okay? Well, who's been your worst? Who's been your worst neighbor? My worst neighbor. Uh, I lived, I lived above a fast food restaurant for a while. Uh, that's not great because you know your 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 house smells like fast food, and there's the comings and goings associated with a fast food restaurant. Um, I, I don't know. It's hard to think of of, of a worst neighbor. What kind as of food as was best, it? I feel like that's significant. What kind of food was it? Uh, like Middle Eastern, like okay. shawarma. Yeah, okay, stuff. sure. Yeah, that's that's a good I mean, that's a good smell in small doses. But when it's compounding in your apartment, I can see that that would be unpleasant. It's not always the best, no. Um, but I think I've been I've been pretty lucky when it comes to neighbors. Uh, I think my favorite neighbor was probably you know when I was a kid, uh, a guy named Corey moved in next door. He was a couple of years older than me, and he was, you know, one of the first guys that I smoked weed with because uh, he sort of knew what he was doing. He introduced me to Ween, uh, which was an appropriate band to listen to when I was stoned and 14 or whatever. 
Um, and he taught me how to microwave bacon. I'd never, I've never met anyone microwave bacon uh, before. Oh, 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 hang on. Microwaving bacon, that's not a thing. It's a thing when you're 14 and you're stoned and you're listening to Ween and you're really hungry. What, uh, is that, uh, hang on, hang on, no, no, no. no. Okay. between paper towels. Yeah. And but... then it magically, it comes out crispy, you don't get fat all over the inside of the microwave. It works, I mean, uh, it works. Is, is, sorry, is bacon one of those, because I know nothing about meat, and you know this about me. Is bacon one of those yeah. things that's safe to eat, no matter, because you know chicken, you have to cook it very specifically, or you have to make sure it's very cool. Is bacon safe? Could you eat raw bacon? Eat raw bacon, it, like, it would be chewy. Um, it would be fine because it's been cured, right? So it's been salted. Um, it remains pink because it's had nitrates added to it. So that's a preservative agent. And uh, it's typically been smoked, which is also a means of curing and preserving meat. So basically it's been sort of cooked three ways before you ever heat it up. Okay, sorry. Okay, continue. Sorry, you and your neighbor are eating bacon jerky from the no, microwave. No, that was it. It was just a, it was a nice, it's a fond memory of having a good neighbor. Do you Stone consider yourself? Bacon. It's it's the, my, my salad days. Do you consider yourself a good neighbor? Do you think that you know people who live beside you are like, thank goodness I live next to Ramsey, or would they be like that guy? I think I'm fairly considerate. I think that's an important uh, quality to have in a neighbor. You know, I I try not to you know make loud noises or do weird things or 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 disturb my neighbors in any way. And I think, or at least I hope. That my neighbors feel that you know if they needed something they could knock on my door or a cup of sugar or, or whatever has it ever come up oh yeah for sure uh, i certainly have that kind of relationship uh with uh, at least one of my neighbors and we 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 sort of you know oh help i need laundry detergent the store is closed or, now you, you know. know you know that i know this story but just for our listeners you um uh, and I'm not going to advertise your address to the to the wandering strangers of the world, but you do not uh, lock your door very much, and you do not keep your door closed very much. And as I understand it, you have actually had people make their way into your home who were not your neighbors, people who have just decided that they wanted to be in your house. Yeah, that's happened at least twice that I'm aware of. I mean, it might have happened. <laughs> yeah, you never know. You never know who was stroking your cheek while you were sleeping. But yes, yeah, yeah, go on. I, I wouldn't know, would I? Go on. Uh, yeah, but it, it's happened at least twice. Uh, they've both been, well, <laughs> to be fair, they haven't happened to me. I've slept through both of these events. I've I've heard, I've heard these tales from people who have lived with me uh, because uh, I just I wouldn't know otherwise. You need to you need to tell the tale. You need to tell the tale. Okay, okay, okay. So the first the first instance happened uh, a few years ago. Uh, I had a girlfriend who was living with me. She got up in the middle of the night, uh, and there was a woman standing in the living room uh, perusing our bookshelves. And uh, so I guess uh, my my poor partner, uh, you know, asked what she was doing, and, and the lady said, "Oh, I thought this was part of the bar uh, because I, I live above a bar." And uh, you know, my my girlfriend said, "Well, no, it's it's not, and you have to get out of my house." And the lady was obliging and you know, walked down the stairs and. And I guess she'd taken her shoes off at the bottom of the stairs to come up to the apartment, which kind of blows the story that she thought it was part of the bar yeah. out of well, the water. You don't take your shoes off when you go to a bar. That and also just perusing your bookshelf. It's not a common thing that you go to a bar and then you go, well, I'm at a bar. I might as well go upstairs and see what books they have. 
Well, that's true. Um, so I'm not really sure what her, her real MO was, but, you know, her exit was gentle. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm and... actually more a fan of story number two, so can you please... Okay, so you... Story, story number two was a little bit weirder. The guy had was not immediately in the apartment. I mean, he was sitting on the stairs that lead up to my apartment, uh, but he was eating ice cream. Uh, and my, my roommate, you know, confronted him uh, quite angrily, actually, and... and he, he left with great haste and dropped all his stuff on the way out. So uh, I got up in the morning and my roommate had left the, uh, the trail of breadcrumbs out <laughs> or as, as evidence to demonstrate what had happened while I slept. And uh, so I'm sort of piecing it all together in my, in my morning fog and, and picking all this shit up off the stairs, right? And there's a, there's a tub of ice cream. And it's not a flavor that I would ever buy. So, you know, I'm not immediately tipped off. But then there's a spoon in the tub of ice cream. And it's it's my spoon. I mean, I can tell that it is a spoon from my kitchen. Yeah. Uh, so uh, clearly he made it as far as the kitchen and made himself comfortable enough to find the spoon. But he didn't steal my ice cream. Right? I had a tub of ice cream in the freezer uh, that remained untouched. Uh, and... Uh, but yeah, he'd taken he'd taken the liberty of borrowing a spoon to eat ice cream in my apartment. So, so to fill in the blanks of what had happened there, somebody had been walking down the street with a tub of ice cream. They'd bought a tub of ice cream, but then they said to themselves, ah, oh, done, I don't have a spoon. And then they said, you know what I'll do? I'll just um, wiggle each door along the way and see which one opens. <laughs> and then whichever one, whichever one I can get into, I'll find myself a spoon. So he wiggles your door, he goes upstairs, he finds a spoon, and then he says you know what, I don't feel morally right stealing this spoon. I only feel okay borrowing this spoon. So I'm going to have well, to stay he here. With the spoon if, if he hadn't been caught in flagrante delicto. That's, okay, maybe that's true. Maybe that was, his, was not his moral, his moral line that he'd drawn for himself. But the fact that he sat down on your steps does suggest that he wasn't, you know, and he didn't, he could have even taken the spoon back to his house and then taken it back to you. You know, it could have been a borrow and return situation. But instead, he had the, you know, the human decency to say, no, I, I won't, I won't do that. I'll keep the spoon in its home and I'll just eat my ice cream here. Yeah, I feel like he, he was probably a morally upstanding dude. And I feel like the fact that you would allow that and the fact that you don't seem at all disturbed by that. <laughs> really speaks to your, you know, to bring it back, really speaks to your capacity as a neighbor. See, I'm much hostile. I'm much more hostile as a neighbor, I think, than you are. I think that my roommate probably is too. <laughs> right. It's the, it's the downside of when you move into a new place is, you know, they say, you know, one bedroom, one bathroom, large kitchen. They never detail the neighbors. They're never like, all right, you know, the one downside is that you can never know anything about the neighbors that you're moving in with. Yeah, to be fair, the easy answer is just to lock my door. That's that's true, but then you wouldn't get the stories out of it. You wouldn't have the fun that you would, you would otherwise. That, that, that's also true. But speaking of stories, I, I have a bad neighbor story. Go. Uh, I was I was living in another place a few years ago, and uh, I was on the second floor, and it was a really hot summer day, and I didn't know my neighbors well at all, but uh, I knew that one of them was a fairly attractive lady, and uh, she'd started dating someone. You know, you can always kind of tell. You know, when, when, yeah, sure. when someone started seeing someone. And uh, it was, you know, early afternoon. I was sleeping off or attempting to sleep off a fucking brutal hangover. <laughs> and my window was open. And I heard somebody playing guitar. Like, it felt like it was right next to my head. 
and I, I tried to just block it out and get back to sleep and the, the guitar playing continued and then they were singing and the whole thing was just fucking awful so I poked my head out the window to see what was causing this terrible racket and it was a famous Canadian actor and he was sitting on the porch I guess the, my neighbor had started dating Kiefer Sutherland and Kiefer Sutherland was playing the guitar uh, right next to my head while I was trying to sleep I had a hangover off and I wanted so badly for it just to be some random dude that I could be like hey shut the fuck up people are trying to sleep here but it was Kiefer Sutherland and something clicked inside me as a Canadian I'm yeah. like, well I can't I know he's kind of a celebrity he's probably a really nice guy I can't yell at him so Kiefer Sutherland is a bad neighbor yeah, well, it's amazing, and you know, you and I both live in the same neighborhood, you and I both live in Parkdale. You are not the only person with a bad Kiefer Sutherland story. Kiefer Sutherland has popped up in number. apparently Kiefer Sutherland has really left a shit trail around Parkdale. Yeah, bad neighbor, Kiefer. Bad, bad neighbor. neighbor. Alright, there you go, that's neighbors, and of course we're ending on Kiefer Sutherland, that just, that just tracks. Just brings it it's right not gonna be. It's not gonna be Donald. Um, Peter, would you like to tell the people about our website and our merchandise before we go? You can visit our website and peruse our merchandise by going to podpage.com slash ed dash Peter. And uh, you'll find links to our merch. You'll find links to all of our previous episodes. You'll also find a handy button located to the right-hand side of the page where you can leave us a voicemail. And if we like it, we might play it. And you should. Yeah, leave and us a we should like it. Yeah. All right, I'm in. Peter, thanks for listening.